Welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity, a show about weirdos, with your hosts, John Fahey, Aaron Peter, and Matt Brutzow. Hello folks, welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity. It's a dadgum show about weirdos. I'm your host, John Fahey. Joining me, high-functioning pervert, prettiest boy under the sun, Mr. Gummiest of the dadgums, Aaron Pita. Hi there, Aaron. Hey, John. How are you? Oh, man, I'm dadgum fantastic. <laughs> yeah. How, um, are you good? I'm really good. You look, um, good. You look really good today. Mm-hmm. I thank you. Do you uh, iron your own shirts? No, I don't iron them at all. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. I just, tyranny of will <laughs> works out there. <laughs> Your shirts are scared straight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She just shouts, uh, shouts at them. <laughs> gonna uh, send a shout over to Mr. Matt Brousseau. Hi there, Matt. Oh, hello, folks. How are you? I'm a good boy. Yes, you are. Matt, do you cornrow your own hair? <laughs> I do not. I have a team of people. <laughs> it looks excellent. Thank you. <laughs> and offensive. Alan Iverson of the podcast world over here. Um, I I will go to China later mm -hmm. in my podcasting career. Guys, I want to talk to you a little bit about money. All right. Oh, what? The show is broke. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Shit. (laughs) But if you start with nothing, can you go broke? Um, yeah. Well, you can stay broke. Okay. Well, now that it's broke, we can fix it. That's right. Um, we talked about it on the, on the program before. Uh, really, this will be up and running. The Patreon will be up and running May 1st. Um, this episode will come out a little bit before. Explain to our listeners what Patreon is. Patreon is a subscriber service where you can support artists whose work you respect. Like ours? Yes! Whoa! Shit. And we're going to be having uh, some uh, some smaller segments on there and then also some longer segments, one mm. of which we recorded last week. The first Patreon content will be... Uh, Aaron Pete's profile of Bill and Ted's, Ted's Bogus, Bogus Journey. Journey. <laughs> it's <laughs> something that I love. <laughs> And um, I want to share it with everybody who wants to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> I love Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey so much. It's one of my, I, I would have to say it's in my top five movies that I love, that I, re, ultimate rewatchability, one of my, I just, and it means so much to me. Yes. Um, you were able, you were able to really go off about that one, off the yeah, dome. It was off, very, off very fun. Yeah. And um, I want to share that with every, everybody, um, all the listeners and uh Give a little something extra for those who, who support the podcast. Right. So. Uh, we are going to be having some recurring segments on there that are a little bit shorter. Um, I feel like I could go on for a while about uh, the Last Words episode, so I'm going to be doing some recurring shorter ones of that. Yeah. Um, Matt is going to be doing the Chris Kyle uh, reviews yes. more often. Mm-hmm. and um, Rock then- and roll critic. Mm-hmm. Yes, Chris Cow. Mm-hmm. So some of and some of just the the after episodes things where uh, we'll end up sitting here and keep talking after the episode's over. Yeah, or just include some of those uh, for members that are going to become members, rather potential members. Mm. You can give us profiles and eccentricity one dollar a month, Whew. right? And that will make you ostensibly a producer of the show. Oh my god! Oh, we will say your name on the air. We'll say this fucker is producing the goddamn show. <laughs> yep. You know what I mean? We will say fucker. Yeah. Uh, for five dollars a month, you're going to be included as a producer. Of course, of course, for a fiver, 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 producer, fiver, fiver, producer. It's light work, man. And you're going to be then. Uh, you're going to be eligible for the extra content. At yes. that point, uh, you are going to be able to for have a cup of cold brew coffee a month. 
Just once, once a month. Once a month. How many do you have in each day in your sure. life? Sure. Two, three cups of God a knows. sweet cold brew coffee. Save yourself some health. And, yes. Uh, and earn, get some profiles wealth. <laughs> That's <back>. right. Into <laughs> our pockets. Yes. Um, you're going to also get a Profiles Next Century City sticker. And a pin. Well, Ooh. wait, John. Yes, merchandise. You, I'm sorry. I think you might have misspoke. Yes, a sticker and a pin. Yes, I'm really. <laughs> I'm actually spending money we don't have to make us go broker than we are on stickers and pins and uh, extra content. Now, if you're a real profiler, a real baby profiler, uh, right, and you want to give us a tenner a month, tenner. <laughs> right? That's two fivers. That's, that's fiver and fiver. That's going to make you not only a producer of the show. You're going to be a producer of Profiles and Eccentricity, folks. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying here. Um, you're also going to get a sticker and a pin. Mm-hmm. But, All right? Again, and sticker you, and a pin. And both. <laughs> not or. Wow. Yeah. No, 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 no. Don't and, put uh, the pin through the sticker. It will right. fuck up the And they're not going to be made by, you know, like Malaysian children or anything. They're going to be made by buddies of ours. Oh, good. <laughs> okay. I, I, some of them some are. Some are Malaysian. <laughs> <laughs> right. Most, most of our friends are Malaysian children. Uh, you're also going to get, uh, um, I'm sorry, uh, access to all of, all of the extra content, of course. Of course. And you're going to get a signed Profiles and Eccentricity poster. Whoa. Yeah. Signed by who? That's going to yes. <laughs> Malaysian children. Vagrants. <laughs> you know, Piss merchants. Guys at the teak. Um, How do you piss, sign with a penis? Yeah. Piss peddlers. Um, spit, now. Spit man. <laughs> anybody, if you're a real, real lunatic, a dyed-in-the-wool profiler, a weirdo, mm-hmm. a f- if you're a spaz or a freak, and you give us a one-time donation of $80 or more, you are going to get all of the content, a sticker, a pin. Uh, uh, a poster. Uh-huh. And an I Freak at the Teak, do you, uh-huh. t-shirt. Ooh. If you want to know what that looks like, you can look on our Instagram. You'll yes. see us all wearing the I Freak at the Teak, do you, t-shirt. Right. Um, now, so we have roughly 2,000 listeners a week, right, which is amazing. If any of them donated a little bit that don't want the extra content, you can donate to Profiles and Eccentricity Podcast at gmail.com on PayPal. And you know what I mean? If we give you a little bit of content that makes your month, week easier, a, like a little brighter, you can just support it if you don't want to buy all the extra shit. And you can just throw us a little donation on PayPal. Even a quarter. Right. You can do a recurring payment of a quarter if you yes. want. Now, of course, there's tons of Unpops people that are actually subscribing to the network. I'm not trying to shake them down. But anybody that's listening on SoundCloud, Google, et cetera, whatever, for free, throw us a little cash. If you got it. You know what I mean? You if you say, don't, uh, ask somebody around you. Yeah, borrow it from the cashier. Yes. Yes. They've got, they've got it. They Their do. cash is in the name. Yeah. I guess just try it out. You can definitely try it try out. Try it out. Yes. Um, I would like to uh, send a special shout out to Joe. Um, that'll be, you know, making the shirts and the, the stickers and everything else. And the pins. Uh, yeah. Well, his um, his grandfather passed away recently. Oh. Big Joe Vasi, And uh, he was a... Um, he was just like one of these super great, quiet, strong dudes that, you know, just took really good care of his family. You know, Joe was basically like raised without his dad and uh, and uh, Big Joe was uh, the patriarch. And uh, he was just like an intensely sweet, kind man. I was so excited to meet him. And I'm really sad that I can't be there for Joe right now oh, when this guy's out of his life. Because after my father died, Joe was very, very kind to me. And uh, 
I could kind of go over to Joe's house and just unload about, you know, unpacking all the shit about my dad yeah. after my dad died. And uh, he was a great friend to me. And I love you, Joe. And uh, we love you. We do. Uh, so this episode goes out to Big Joe Vasi. Um, we are going to be talking about, of course, totally ridiculous things. But uh, we love you, Joe. He'd get it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is, I'm going to drink some piss for Big Joe. Yeah. Oh, hear that, folks. Oh, that's that's the piss. sound of ice cold piss. Oof. Now, Matt, I heard uh, <laughs> I heard you had something a little weird. Well, you know, sometimes uh, you know it's late in the night or earlier in the morning, or maybe it's mid afternoon, and Who you're knows? like, I got to kill some time and or some aggression and mm. or just uh, let it out, as you will. Right. And you're looking through some uh, adult pornography. Oh no, as they call it, specifically adult pornography. Sure. Preferably, yeah, <laughs> and I don't. You know, it depends on what. What uh, sometimes it's uh, cartoons. We went over this, yeah. right? It's yeah. a hentai, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and uh, you come across a line that kind of just makes you stop what you're doing. And I don't usually think about you guys while I'm masturbating. <laughs> oh my god, I think about you guys all the time. <laughs> I don't think about anything else. <laughs> uh, but I came across a. Uh, I was watching a very classy video. Uh, shout out to Tushy. Shout out to Tushy.com, Vixen, <laughs> yeah. Black, all under the same right. network. And it's good uh, porn. It's They're making good porn. It's Let's gr- just be real. The, shout out to the guys and late, mainly the ladies. Mainly the ladies. Mainly the ladies, but also the, the guys and uh, um, at Tushy, Vixen, and Black for putting out high quality Classy 4K content. Yeah, and it seems price. like uh, 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 the women are, are taken care of, and they they, uh, yeah. they seem to enjoy it. Greg yeah. Lansky, that's the guy's name. Yeah, Greg Lansky. Shout out to you. We love your stuff. You yeah. know, try it out. Uh, so this is a uh, Quinn Wilde. Maybe you recognize the name, but I, uh, I don't actually. I, that's I don't either. Well, there's a lot of names, but uh, <laughs> there are a lot of names. <laughs> but uh, let's see if uh, there's a uh, uh, warning to listeners out there. This is pornography. <laughs> Do no no uh, context here. <laughs> You'll find it. Mm, oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, oh my! Oh my god! It felt so good. Yeah, I never had a cock in my dick before. <laughs> 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 they left it in. They left it in, and then she looks back at the director and laughs. Uh, they left it in. I've never had a cock in my dick before either, sweetheart. <laughs> sure, but also, I mean, everybody said dumb shit during sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where you're like, I want cock, dick, whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. the feel good stuff. You know yeah, what I'm talking yeah. about? We all have a. I think there's a, a cock in all of our dicks. So. There <laughs> is. Never had a cock in my dick before. <laughs> yeah, just imagine like, you're you're getting fucked. Now stick to the script. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, she's God, like, you know what? She's having in. a good time. Mm-hmm. Good for them. Yeah, good for them. That's real. That's cinema verite right there. Yeah, just let it let it go. That's great. Thank you for that. <laughs> that that's great stuff. Shout out to Quinn Wilde uh-huh. for uh, you know going off script, improving, saying yes and <laughs> yes, total pro. That is that is uh, that is truly fantastic stuff. Um, I. Now, John, what do you have for us this week? I've got this thing. I've been I've been really really excited about this. Um, it's something I came across in um, a little book called "Rip It Up and Start Again." Rip it up and start again. Yes, uh, I was introduced to uh, "Rip It Up and Start Again," the song by Orange Juice by uh, our Profiles and Eccentricity marketeer Laura Crawford. 
Very nice. In nice the Lord. studio tonight. Um, but Rip It Up and Start Again is uh, this book about post-punk that is by Simon Reynolds, and it's immaculately done. It goes into all the Joy Division stuff, um, you know, everything from Public Image Limited, uh, you know, uh, the, the two-tone ska stuff, all that shit. And um, they do uh, a, a great kind of thing about, um, about Malcolm McLaren's exploits after he managed... The Sex Pistols. Malcolm McLaren. Malcolm McLaren. Malcolm McLaren is uh, born in 1946, and he is uh, he's he's like left by his dad at like age two, and um, he's his uh, grandmother is a Portuguese Sephardic Jewish woman. Very interesting. And he uh, you know um, he comes from kind of like the the diamond dealers of, you know, kind of that uh, thing, but... Is this in England? This is this is in London, yes. And he so he, he kind of grows up, he's at like, you know, like 12, 13 age, right, when like rock and roll is breaking out, you know, uh, late 50s, mid to late 50s, so he's he comes from that sort of time. And then he's uh, he's in school, in like art schools and stuff like that, and he's very inspired by the, the Parisian, you know, student protests, the Situationists, mm-hmm. all those kinds of things, and he's very influenced... By this Portuguese Sephardic uh, Jewish grandmother, you know, um, she says to him when he's very young, to be bad is good. To be good is simply boring. <laughs> That's a dope-ass grandma. Yeah. And so he, uh, he, he, he goes to school and all that stuff, and um, he's, he's very into the situation and shit, and he, uh, he gets very into uh, fashion and rock and roll and kind of trying to combine all these things. He pairs up with Vivian Westwood. They start dating. Of course, Vivian Westwood would later go on to become a very famous designer without Malcolm. But at first, they were completely together, and they were pushing uh, just very music-based youth culture trends. They had a shop called uh, Let It Rock in the early 70s, and that was kind of appealing to the Teddy Boy, kind of um, Marlon Brando, Rebel yeah, sort of thing. T-shirt. Yeah, and he would also sell records out of there, too. Later on, that became uh, Too Fast to Live, Too Young to Die. And uh, they, so they're, they're together. And he, uh, he sees the... Malcolm McLaren was always good about seeing trends change. Like, this is, I would say, his most important talent. Is he could see like now we have this going on, so it's gonna it's gonna become this. So like glam was very big mid seventies. You got T Rex and you know the New York Dolls and stuff like that. And he he goes out to manage the New York Dolls in January of seventy five. And this is like right when punk is about to break. It's already sort of breaking in New York. So mm-hmm. when he's over there managing the Dolls, he sees that kind of stuff. Richard Hell and television and all mm-hmm. this stuff. And then he comes back to England. And right before he leaves, they've changed the shop for the third time. They changed it to Sex. The so, name, the name of the store, just called Sex. Cool. And him and Vivian Westwood are in there, and they're they're doing a lot of uh, kind of, you know, submission bondage type shit, and you know, whatever. Like that. Very out there t- sorts of shit. You know, just um, very risky fashion was kind of their deal. And he, but he before he goes out to mesh tank tops, nipple chains, whole nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Rollerblading down the street, dick swinging, you know, nipple rings. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's uh, he's um, he, before he goes out to manage the New York Dolls. The New York Dolls are already a successful band, and now he's getting involved. And when he he goes out there, him and Vivian Westwood make these guys a whole ton of leather, red leather gear, 
and have the New York Dolls dress up in this in these red leather getups and perform in front of like a hammer and sickle. Oh my god! And portraits of Marx and Lenin. And cool. Shit in New York, the band is finished three months later. <laughs> <laughs> totally fails. Catastrophic failure. He ruins the band in three months. Just by the, the communist leather daddy gear. Yeah, but he would get taken with these like flights of fancy over right. like, this is like, oh no, this is cool. This will work, I swear. Yeah. People are going to love it. And this combination. Bad of, is good. Yeah, you know. And uh, so he's he's getting together a bunch of people and, and trying to be like, we got to do what these guys in New York are doing. We got to do this, this punk shit. And he starts um, kind of trying to get a band together to promote the clothing, right? Which is way ahead of his time. Well, yeah, but there was a, uh, all these people that were in the Sex Pistols were hanging around the shop in some form or another, <laughs> and he ended up getting them together. But also, these guys were um, they were self motivated. They were they were you know they were kind of like pub lads. They were crazy guys, and they saw Johnny Rotten come in there, and he had his stuff held together with safety pins because it, his clothes were falling apart. It right. wasn't a fashion thing, right. but they were embracing all that stuff, and so they were kind of feeding into like. Uh, this new thing of like, oh, after glam, of course we have to have like the savage. We have to have like the 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 homeless crazy stuff. So out of the sex shop, now that he's returned after the New York Dolls, they're starting a. Uh, 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 he he believes I'm going to push this band, and the band uh, is there's a band called The Strand, and uh, they are Steve Jones, who's the guitarist, becomes the guitarist of the Sex Pistols, and Paul Cook, the drummer. And after he comes back from New York, he takes a bigger interest in them because they're kind of like haranguing them, like they want to get this push. And so the Sex Pistols, in Malcolm McLaren's mind, were going to be uh, these uh, smart, sexy, young assassins. Ooh. And like he had a totally different version of what it ended up being, because Malcolm McLaren acts like, later on, he acts like he was the architect of all of this insanity. He was totally just hanging on. Uh-huh. But he did have some things where him and Vivian Westwood would feed Johnny Rotten things like, oh, here's a bunch of anarchist literature. And next thing you know, the Sex Pistols have anarchy mm-hmm. in the UK. Mm-hmm. Right, and um, there's like you know all, all all of this kind of stuff, and and they're wearing the clothes from sex, like they are, you know, they're going out and doing because it. it's free. <laughs> yeah, and 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 um, they're just like like there's a, just a bunch of pub guys, you know, but it also makes them crazy people. Right. So this this thing instantly catches on. Everybody that's hanging out at the shop is then going to the first Sex Pistols gigs, and they all look like weirdos, and everybody that sees them is like, who are these guys? Right. And in that first, you know, group of hangers-on, you've got, like, Billy Idol. Uh, you've got uh, Susie from the Banshees. Like, all of those kind of people that went on to do, like, you know, a ton of other punk and post-punk things. So everybody that was involved, at, at, everybody that was a hanger-on of the Sex Pistols at those early first gigs were, ended up being in, in huge bands, you know, Billy Idol with Generation X and then his solo career, Susie. Uh, and then there was, there, was, there was also people that were like, you know, punk wasn't an outfit. It wasn't like leather jackets and mohawks. But then there was like people that were just doing whatever they want. So there's this woman, Sue Catwoman. She dressed like a fucking cat all the time. <laughs> so there was like, it was kind of like a thing of like, do whatever you want expression that then later became really lame and uniform, you know? But at right. first it was just like fucking totally ape shit, do whatever the mm-hmm. fuck you feel sort of thing. And um, so they get, they get, you know, Johnny Rotten comes in and he's kind of an asshole and stuff like that, but... There, he's he's going with the plan. The plan is to be this sort of vision that Malcolm has. But also the band, they start getting good. Right. You know, like they start becoming like a really tight rock and roll band. And they're doing this thing that's a throwback to very wild sounding rock and roll. Like it just sounds out of control and crazy. And it's right after everybody's done with all the album rock, like ELP and Yes. 
and all that shit and it's just like let's just go back to fucking 45 noise. wild singles you know let's just do that and you know on the other side of course the, the Ramones had already started doing it you know and all like the, the New York punk shit but these guys were, were doing it you know uh, you know just they were making their own stuff but it, Malcolm was not the architect of any of this he was the architect of the look mm-hmm. if uh, if they were putting out a single it was his friends that would always just do the graphic design the uh, graphic design that ended up on the single cover of God Save the Queen was voted the best record cover ever by mm-hmm. Q Magazine, which is just, you know, a circular portrait of the Queen, cut out letters that say God Save the Queen and the Sex Pistols over her eyes and mouth. Yeah. And it was like, people were like, this is incredible. They loved it. So everything artistic and kind of a lot of the ideological stuff would come from Malcolm and Vivian and the, the shop Sex. Uh-huh. And then they got... Uh, you know, interest from the big labels. EMI was one of the biggest labels of the time. They sign him. And they sign him for like a like a forty thousand pounds, you know, which is a fuckload of money in nineteen seventy six. And they put out the uh the anarchy in the UK single. And EMI also is the label for Queen. Uh-huh. And Queen is supposed to go on the Bill Grundy show. Bill Grundy was a uh, was just like a guy, you know, normal BBC type broadcaster. Late, late night type of show. It was uh, more of a daytime okay. thing. And oh, punk! You're good. So, so uh, Queen can't go. Last minute fill in. Also, EMI artist, the Sex Pistols. Great. So Grundy is a drunk, and he's got the Sex Pistols on with like a whole bunch of hangers on. He doesn't know what the fuck is punk or any of these people, and everybody by the end of the day knows exactly what punk is after this TV appearance. What about you girls behind? Are you, uh... Are you worried or are you just enjoying yourself? Enjoying myself. Are you? Yeah. That's what I thought you were doing. I always wanted to meet you. Did you really? We'll meet afterwards, shall we? (laughs) You dirty son. You dirty old man. Well, keep going, chief. Keep going. (laughs) Go on, you've got another five seconds. Say something outrageous. You dirty bastard. Again. <laughs> you dirty fucker. What a, what a fucking rotter. Well, that's it for tonight. <laughs> that's it for tonight. Bill Grundy's career never gets back after that. After, after... I the was filth at... and the fury is what the papers called it the next day. People were out of their minds insane about this. People at the EMI factory plant will not touch the records. Like, people are, like, so offended by the Sex Pistols that EMI pays them to, to go away. Releases them from their contract. So they tank they tank the Bill Grundy show. Yeah. And their own for a moment, their own yes. career. Right. Then it, because they call him what he was, which was a D-O, fucking nasty old man. Right, right. But after he he asked them to. They yeah, call him a he, bastard he, yeah. and he's like, that's not enough. Yeah. Let's keep going. He gets goaded on, yeah. yeah. And they're all just kind of like giggly kids laughing. Like yeah. they don't know what the fuck they're doing, you know? But they uh they now are, everybody knows what punk is. Like, these, oh, who are these punks? What the fuck is going on? So they get signed to A&M, and they put out uh, God Save the Queen, which is, to give you an idea of, of the, like I'm saying, the, the craziness of... So you know what I mean? It's just complete guitar rock. It's just very, very... And this is all, you know, to uh, 
to time for the the Queen's Silver Jubilee is going on. Right. So they get a they rent a boat. They're cruising up and down the Thames like to celebrate the release of this. Everybody gets arrested by the cops. They get they their new label that they put out the God Save the Queen record on is A and M Records. They get thrown off immediately <laughs> for the second time. Seventy five grand they've pocketed now for this for this for uh, this second single. All the singles get destroyed. None of them come out. <laughs> and so then. There's only one place to go, which is Richard Branson in Virgin. Hell yeah. Yeah. So Branson takes them on, and, you know, Malcolm is like, oh, Branson's this old fucking hippie. He's like, I don't know about this guy. But Branson is like, I'll do whatever you want. Yeah. You want to try it out? Try it out. Yeah. You know, so he doesn't give a shit. And um, they do, uh, this, the, the Pistols come out with the album, Never Mind the Bollocks, Here's the Sex Pistols. And there's no, um, there's, you know, no real crazy, you know, big psycho events after that the pistols decide to do a u.s tour but they only play the redneck states <laughs> where everybody's kicking the shit out of them like all the time brilliant yeah and they end up in san francisco the band breaks up in san francisco now meanwhile malcolm malcolm's always tried to tie everything with something bigger so he's tried making this movie the great rock and roll swindle because now he's fancied himself oh i i taste me i, I mm-hmm. no, but i also i duped these labels out of all this money and it's like no you were the manager of a bunch of maniacs and had nothing to do with that at all. They were crazy, and you reaped all the benefits from it. But he was like, oh, no, I'm like a thief. You know, I stole all these labels' money. And so he makes this movie that's, like, congratulating himself. And he, he incorporates this guy, uh, Ronnie Biggs, who was involved in the, the Great Train Robbery in the U.K., who escaped and went to Rio... And there's no extradition policy in Rio, so he was just like living in public, like, yeah, I'm from the train robbery, and not. <laughs> and he, he gets involved in the movie because, again, it's like, oh, the swindle motif. He's trying right. to tie it all together. In the meantime, Johnny Rotten's quit the band in San Francisco, and the the rest of the guys are still like, all right, well, we're still, we're still kind of with Malcolm. He's going to get us another singer. Meanwhile, Branson moves in, and he takes Johnny Rotten. Ron, Rotten's like, I have no money. Malcolm has all the money, and I'm stuck in New York. Can you get me home to the UK? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just swing by uh, Jamaica for me. And he's like, okay. The country? Yes. Not Jamaica Queen. No, <laughs> no, no, no. He, sw- he tells him to go by Jamaica, the country. And he's there. And he's also got Devo. <laughs> and he's smoking out Devo like crazy. And he gets them like, he gets Devo super high. And he's like, what about Johnny Rotten as your singer? Oh, and Devo's God. like, no, what? I don't want to do that. And We're good. And he's already, yeah, he's already like, he's brought the music press to announce and 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 they're and then he's gonna send everybody away disappointed, you oh, know. Oh gosh! So Johnny goes back to to London and he ends up forming PIL, which are uh, fantastic uh, in their own right, but very experimental and 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 reggae, you know, bass, dub, bass, etc. All from uh, a day in Jamaica. <laughs> right? Oh yeah. Well, he was he was already very very into reggae. Um, Johnny was, and uh, now Malcolm's got this movie he's trying to make. And Sid Vicious is as high as ever on heroin. Sid has become a, like just the worst junkie on earth. He's got Sid in France doing a cover of My Way by Frank Sinatra that gets played very famously at the end of Goodfellas. Mm. Right? So he's got him that doing that there. Then Paul and uh, Steve, the drummer and, and, and guitar player, are doing this shit with this bank robber in Rio de Janeiro. And he's filming all this shit for this movie, The Great Rock and Roll Swindle. And as that's going on, Johnny starts suing for money. He's like, I've got no money. I'm broke. 
Like he was like, I'm out doing this punk shit. God save the queen, and I'm riding the bus, and these guys are like kicking my ass. You, you would get assaulted right. for sh- being a punk, you know? Which yeah. is very punk. Yeah, <laughs> but he was like, but he was like, Malcolm's riding around in fucking limousines. I'm out here on yeah. the street, get my ass kicked. So he sues them. The band, the other two guys in the band, uh, go along with it. In the meantime, uh, Sid kills his uh, his his girlfriend, Nancy. Nancy, and uh, uh, allegedly. Sid uh, is uh, is doing a ton of heroin. He's you know playing in some bands in New York, and and uh, him and Nancy Spungen, who was very famously uh, annoying, <laughs> um, are are in the Chelsea Hotel, and Sid allegedly stabs her. A lot of people really didn't believe because Sid Vicious was actually a very sweet and gentle person. And it's hard to like really expertly wield a knife when you're on smack. Right, yeah. I mean, he did have this characteristic of, uh, like, this, this this character built up of being a violent guy, but he was really not. Well, his name is Sid Vicious. Right, which is an ironic name. Yes. You know, it, but uh, there was a guy that they think actually did it that was d- delivering um, Delauden to them. Delauded. Delauded. Yeah, it's basically like, um, it's an opiate. It's like 50 times stronger than morphine. Right. So this guy... It just seems not, unnecessary. Not quite fentanyl, but right. you're mid-range. Well, he delivered 40 pills of that to them. Jesus. And this guy went by the name Rockets Red Glare. You have his number? <laughs> he became a comedian. <laughs> of course. He became Rodney Dangerfield. He was born uh, to a uh, Sheep's Head Bay mafioso guy. He saw he saw some people kind of brutally beat. Um, he was uh, His mother was a 15-year-old addicted to smack. Oh my lord! So the kid was getting smacked in, in the formula as a child, mm. and uh, he he eventually uh, his his mother uh, his his dad gets deported for being straight up in the mafia. He's right. sent back to Italy. His mother starts dating a former boxer. He's beaten her, beaten him. He kills, stabs to death the mother, the, the, the boxer. boxer. Yeah, Jesus. and. Uh, so he becomes so, an actor and a comedian. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course he does. Of course. He's the guy that rents out Tom Hanks' room in Big, the shithole. The guy that gives him the... Uh, no yeah, way. Yeah, that's him. He's in, a, he's in Jim Jarmusch movies. He's in Scorsese movies. This guy... And he's the guy that sold Sid Vicious. And they think might have actually killed Nancy Spungen. Jesus. Holy shit. And then he has like a long, very great film career. Sid goes to Rikers, yeah. and uh, he comes out, fights with Patti Smith's brother... Gets sent back to Rikers for <laughs> for fucking up his his, his uh, parole, and uh, when he comes out, um, he gets a lethal. Uh, he gets a bad dose of of heroin from his mother, straight from the tip. Yeah, the, the, Sid, Sid Vicious's mom. <laughs> oh. Sid Vicious's mom gives him heroin, and uh, I don't know why, but uh, my buddy Juice says this week. In my buddy Juice says, uh-huh. uh, he believes that Sid Vicious was was uh, raped mercilessly in Rikers Island and that uh, his mother gave him like a a, a heavy dose as like a like a mercy thing because he was going back to prison oh, oh right. yeah. so he hadn't gotten back yet when he died right but he was about to and so yeah. Sid's dead Johnny hates Malcolm Steve and Paul have come over to Johnny's side saying yeah we are getting fucked out of money let's go sue this guy the movie hasn't come out yet all the shit's shot for it and so this guy's in big. Mal- uh, <laughs> yeah, this guy. This guy's never had a better career since he killed Nancy Sponge. <laughs> the universe rewarded him. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, he killed that annoying Brad. Put him in some movies. And um, so Malcolm is now like, fuck. What the fuck am I doing? So he goes to Paris, and some guys are like, We're, we'll, uh, you know, we'll let you uh, do some 
soundtracks for these softcore porns we're making while they're in Paris. So he's like, okay. I've never had an ass in my cock. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had a dick in my cock. I've never had a dick in my cock before. Uh, so he gets, he gets together with a couple of French fellas, right? And he starts writing a softcore rock and roll costume musical for kids. Softcore rock, rock and, and roll, roll musical okay. for kids. So that, I mean, that's well, all it's of softcore. His. It's softcore yeah. rock and roll musical for kids. It's called <sighs> "The Adventures of Melody, Lyric, and Tune." These are the characters' names, of course. Uh huh. Anthropomorphizing right. yeah. the uh, concepts of music. Now, Aaron. Theory. Aaron. <laughs> John. So in this thing, the their uh, uh, melody, lyric, and tune. The three fifteen-year-old girls <laughs> in the script. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Now they have sex uh, with adults in front of Parisian landmarks. Uh, That's the deal, and you're not going to believe this. The film gets no funding. Uh, what? <laughs> so he writes another. He writes another script. Do they try Patreon? <laughs> he writes another script. With the, he regroups with these French fucks to write another script called The Mile High Club. <laughs> this time it's just kids having sex with other kids. Oh, oh, and and they, I'm sure, got funding. <laughs> so the 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 plot of this one is. A tribe of uh, teens, uh, they're like savages on an island. They discover a uh, abandoned jet formerly used by the Mile High Club, which is, you know, uh, people fucking in the sky in uh-huh. planes. Sure, but not the pilot. No, he can't do no. it. And they, these savage kids that find this plane, they transform it into a children, quote, quote, a children's club for sex gang babies to make love, end quote. A children's club for sex gang babies to make love. Well, <laughs> they're making love. <laughs> right. As long as they're making love. As long right. as With as each other, not adults. No. Right, right. But I wonder I wonder how he got that idea. Did he... I don't know, man. I mean, this guy... What is the Some conch? ideas just write themselves. <laughs> now, you're not going to believe this. This fails. No. Huh. Yeah, this fails, too. How? So... <laughs> He decides he's still committed to scandal and provocation and all this stuff. Kitty porn. <laughs> like, he, he really, he, you know, he took all his time with the Sex Pistols and he, he did filter it through that whole thing of rock and roll rebellion and, and the situationists and attacking the status quo and attacking the pop music industry. You know, he didn't like, he didn't like anything that was going on. It was very, very, you know, anarchist type thought and uh, very uh, artistic. And he starts kind of half-heartedly managing Adam and the Ants. Uh-huh. You know Adam and the Ants? Mm-hmm. Goody two, goody two, yeah. goody, you know. It, it, it's Adam, Ant, and... I mean, the, his, he became went on to just do Adam, Ant, right? right. Okay, yes. Got it. Got it. So he's Adam and the Ants, and Adam is, like, very desperate to be like, just make me a star. Because everybody yeah. sees this guy as, you know, this Svengali, you know, hit maker. He's... He, right. And so he gives Adam, like, for... A, he charges him at first a flat fee of $1,000 to be like... I'll tell you some secrets. Give me a grant. Right. And he tells him things that he really genuinely believes. He's saying, after this whole punk thing and no heroes, he's like, it's going to be all heroes, baby. He's like, it's going to be all about swashbuckling and fucking, you know, pirate stuff and cowboys and idiots. He's like, that's all that shit is coming back. He means on a, on a full cultural level. Yes. Yes. And he's totally right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he's... He's doing. Um, so this is like then Indiana Jones comes out and romancing the sure, sh- all these sure. sorts of things. That's the era all we're the, talking all about. All that right? stuff's going to be coming back, right? So he's saying that's that's what's up. It's going to be all sunshine and 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 pirates and stuff like that. And now he's also 
like he sees Adam wants to be a star, but he's looking at the band and he's like, I can manipulate them. And he's like, my last problem was Johnny Rotten. And they turned them all, he turned them all against me. So he's like, I don't want a, I don't want a guy who thinks for himself. So he thinks Adam thinks for himself. So he, he steals the band from Adam, <laughs> takes the guys and he's like, fuck them. <laughs> you know? Let's go do this other thing. So Adam shows up for a, for a rehearsal one day. And it's, it's well, <laughs> while he was, while guys? he, while he was doing uh, all of his failed porn musicals with kids in Paris, he got very exposed to like a lot of, um, because of, you know, French colonialism in Africa, there was a lot of, you know, culture coming back. Uh-huh. And a lot of it was, like, African tribal beats. And so he was liking what this drummer was doing with, like, a lot of toms and a lot of tribal-sounding shit. And, the, you know, the bass guy was, like, you know, slapping along with it in a very, you know, yeah. nice way. So he was like, I'm going to just steal all these fuckers. And I'm going to take in all this shit about it's now, like, against the gloom. Because po- post-punk is going all gloom. Right. Joy Division dressed like communists. It's all bleak. Yeah. And synthesizers, I'm going the opposite way. I'm telling you, it's sunshine and vacations. Yeah. And he's he's also seeing that cassettes are now coming in. He sees like he sees a, a huge uh, black dude in Paris walking down the street with a boombox on his shoulder. And he was just like, oh, this is the future. It's about, you know, you're going to have music with you all the time. It's going to be less important, more disposable, more omnipresent. Mm-hmm. There's going to be music. Every- it's not going home and you listen to a record now. Your music's going to be with you all the time. Right. And then also the music industry is freaking out because they're seeing taping coming around and they're saying home taping is killing the music industry. That was, you know, the, the, the pre-MP3 thing yeah. was home taping. Holy shit, we are fucked. Yeah. They wanted to tax cassette manufacturers. Yeah, we used to do that as, as kids, was call into the radio, request your songs, and yeah. Then yeah. sit there and tape them and yeah. make your own tapes. Oh. So he is now all about piracy. And home taping, like... He's into M- it. Musical piracy dovetails with the fashion stuff of right. piracy. He's also come back to Vivian Westwood. He's seen, oh, she's doing fine without me. What the fuck? And she's doing all of this, like, she's in like an 1800s kind of mode of, of design. And he's like, all right, well, let's put all this into the next band. So this band becomes Bow Wow Wow. <laughs> <laughs> all right? That later did, I want candy. That was their big hit. But before that, they had a couple of other singles and stuff like that under Malcolm. But they were, they were without a singer. They had no adamant. And some friend of Malcolm's hears a girl singing in a dry cleaner, and she is a Burmese, uh, you know, English girl. She's fourteen years old, and he gets her. Her name is Annabella Lewin. She's fourteen years old. He's also trying to get the three lads in the group depraved. So he's taking them to prostitutes. This is his thing. He's like, I got to train these guys to be. Yeah. And one of them has like a kid and a wife. <laughs> he's taking them to prostitutes all the time. Nah, honey, I got to go. Uh, the manager needs us to go fuck some prostitutes. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing what people would do to just be like, to, to uh, appease their producer. Yeah. You know, like they'd yeah. just be like, whatever you say, dude. So they're all going along with this. What an excuse. Oh, sorry. Sorry, hon. My so this boss. is his big plan. He's like, I've got I've got the outfits. It's all piracy and 1800 shit. We're doing a whole thing. Like, we're pro-cassette because it's against the music industry. Home taping is killing the music industry. Great. Yeah. That's fantastic. I would love to destroy the music industry, of right. course, right? And it's, it's dovetailing with uh, all the, the tribal stuff and Africa and sunshine and we don't... He would tell he would tell the band, um, you know, everybody was unemployed in England at this time. Everybody was bummed out, and he was like, he was like, just wear gold, feel rich. Don't you don't have to be rich, but just feel rich. Huh. So all of this stuff was going on. Anna, Annabella is fourteen. She is 
feeling weird hanging around all these fucking creeps that are going to prostitutes every night. And she's having a hard time fitting in. So Malcolm tells the lads, she's a virgin. That's the problem. So one of you is going to have to... We're going to have to take her to an a airplane gangbang club yeah. in the sky. So none of them want to do it. None of them want to have sex with this child. Well, does she want to... Well, What's... they draw straws to see who's got to do the dirty deed. <sighs> and... well, how does she feel about it? Well, she says no. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I feel like the, the friend who heard her in a dry cleaner, more yeah. like... A friend was walking past a dry cleaner. Is like, it's I kind of want to have sex with wanted, this yeah. kid. Yeah, I mean, like, it was, it was. Well, she was singing along to Stevie Wonder. That was the thing. So it was like, it was, it was about her singing voice. That's why she got in the group. But yeah, they draw lots to see who's gonna, who's gonna have to make this girl lose her virginity. And then it was Michael Ashman, the guitarist. And then she just goes, No, I'm not doing that. And she luckily had like a very attentive mother that was like, you know, have agency. You don't have to do anything they don't want to do because things start getting a little weird, you know. And so. Like I said, they were um, they were very into um, kind of like they kind of predated all that. You know, world music got very big later. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was really coming around, and uh, and Malcolm did see that trend coming, and he was taking all of that in, all the tribal stuff and everything. And every he did think synths, you know, Gary Newman and everybody else doing all this synth shit. He's like, it's so sexless. He's like, we got to keep some shit primitive, you know. And he was uh, he thought he thought. You, if you want to find out what trends are, are going to happen, talk to a 13-year-old. Don't talk to an 18-year-old because they're going to have to get a job soon. Right. Don't talk to them. They're almost they're, off. They're almost, they almost sold out. Right. They're graduating. They're going to have to get a job. They're too conservative. If you want, want to see who's going to fucking let loose, talk to a 13-year-old. I think this guy just really, really likes 13-year-olds. Well, it yeah. seems to be a theme. Yeah. He, uh, you know, and of course, you know, he's, he's, he's anti-work. He's like, don't work. You know, always be on vacation. Be a pirate. Be a swindler. Be like me. Right. Uh, and, you know, basically, be, be a huge, uh, you know, do huge swindles, you know, like I did with EMI and A&M and all the shit I did with the pistols, you know. Be a big, you know, uh, shithead. And no small labels, because all these small labels, record labels had popped up for post-punk, like Rough Trade and stuff like that. He was like, no, 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 I'm going back to EMI. EMI took this fucking asshole back with his new band. After all that shit, he put them through with the pistols, and he was like, "This is great. They're 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 suits. Yeah, they, they don't know what's going it. on, but they'll just give me money and let me do whatever I want." So that's what he's doing. So they um they they BMI signs Bow Wow Wow, and uh, you know they're doing their whole sunshine thing and everything's lovely and all these things later on like not just world music but also like the whole like act like everything's great. A couple of years later, all that's like Wham would do that. Yeah. With Wayne, like, and it worked, you know? Like, he was really, I mean, I got to give it to him. He could see the trends coming. He knew exactly what was going to go down. Mm-hmm. So he does this this uh, single with Bow Wow called C30, C60, C90 Go, which is about home taping. It's mm-hmm. promoting home taping. It fails to break the top 30, and he's saying, oh, this is EMI fucking with you guys. They don't want you to promote piracy because they're losing money from it. So he has the band go to the offices and start smashing shit up. Oh, my God. Yeah. They're, like, throwing shit out the window and, you know, breaking things. And they're doing, um... 13-year-old girl and a few dudes? Yeah! Can you imagine? We gotta listen to the guy. He's the guy who broke up all those bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of them died. <laughs> you know, like, one of those guys died. Yeah. Don't trust him. Meanwhile, Adam Ant has, has been like, all right, I'm gonna take everything this fucker told me and I'm gonna distill it down. It's about being a hero, tribalism, and sex music. And he takes all that shit and he starts getting way bigger than... Bow wow wow. Yeah. And using 
Ashman's guitar style. Like, he puts together a band, and then all of his things are kind of like subtle jabs at Malcolm McLaren, and he's tearing up the charts. Totally embarrassing Malcolm. That's great. Don't drink, don't smoke, what do you do? Well, that's the thing, is that he, he goes, because he has a mind of his own, Adam goes the other way, where he's saying, like, I don't fuck rock and roll. He's like, Malcolm likes all that shit. He's like, I don't give a fuck. He's like, everybody, you know, makes fun of me for not drinking, not doing drugs. He's like, uh, you know, so he does the goody two-shoes shit, you know? It's all about being safe. I'll meet the queen. I don't give a shit. Now, Malcolm is doing World's End is the latest incarnation since Let It Rock and, uh, you know, the other one was... uh, So Let It Rock was... Oh, Let It Rock was the first place he had with Vivian Westwood. Sex. No, Let It Rock was oh. the first one he had in the early 70s, and then Too Fast to Live, Too Young to Die was the second. And then it was Sex. And then it was World's End. So they're doing all the 1800s clothing, and he starts saying, I want to do another movie, right? I want to do a Bow Wow Wow movie. And he's like, and I'm also going to do a magazine. And he's getting EMI to fund all this shit, right? And he gets his friend, Fred Vermoral to head up the magazine. And he's going to be the editor, and at first it was kind of pitched as like, oh, this is like a kid's perspective, rebellious hippie rag, you know? It's from the kid's perspective, but like we have some political consciousness and stuff like that. And it's all pushing no careers, pleasure technology, not working, being like a primitive little savage, being a brat. This is all the stuff Malcolm's got going. And none of them got in trouble for smashing up uh, EMI? No. <laughs> no. I don't know. Like, uh... I mean, I guess at the same time, like, their talent or whatever, like, you know, they, they want to keep them happy to some extent. Uh, but, you know, if you're not even, like, uh, like in the top 30, can you really start smashing stuff? I guess so. You know? So, Vermoral starts having doubts about this magazine that he's the editor of. It's, it's like, um, he, he, was, he, had, he was doing a book about fandom. And he showed Malcolm McLaren this, this book he was putting together. And one of the letters to a guy in Blondie he got a hold of somehow. And it was this, this letter from a child. He was a boy writing to Clem Burke from Blondie talking about he had this desire to lick whipped cream from between his butt cheeks. So he sent this to Clem Burke, and, and Malcolm was like, I want it published in the magazine. Oh, the, 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 the young person yes. sex stuff. Yes, huh. and, oh. he wanted to, and then he wants, he, he wants to call it Play Kids. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Right? And then instead he's like, um, oh, no, we'll just call it Chicken. Right? Right. And Fred Vermoral doesn't understand that's pedophile slang for a, a young kid. Uh, right, like Spring Chicken. So this is, now, now, the, now, mag- now the magazine's called Chicken. Nobody understands... That it's 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 supposed to it's now it's now doing it's supposed to be doing pedophilic shit. Right, w- right. Was che- he, cheese pizza, baby. Was he hanging out with Jimmy Seville or something? Uh, dude, I don't know. I mean, like Malcolm McLaren always had like a, like a model girlfriend or Vivian Westwood. Like he was always he was always dating adult women. But he he got into this thing, and it was like I mean now he let's uh, can I put it? he's full fledged pedo now, right? Is, is this? He's he's promoting it in in all of the propaganda stuff for the music. And is it do you, is this purely like subconscious stuff that he's doing? Is he doing this because he knows that the public inherently um, has some weird desire to gonna, it? We're gonna get okay, there. Okay, okay, we're gonna cool. get there. Um, there was uh, so there was <laughs> there was a photo shoot where Annabella refuses to go nude. You know, this and then is the fourteen-year-old. Yeah, the fourteen-year-old, sixteen. Yeah, now. She, I mean, luckily she just you know had the fucking wherewithal to be like, no, I don't have to do this, yeah. or you know, probably talk to her mother who was a good woman. 
And then there's these other shoots going on with these other kids. And Fred Vermoral finds out that Malcolm is on these shoots that are just at like various houses. Uh-huh. And he's kind of freaking out and like, and he, he generates, quote, a, a kind of hysteria. And he succeeds in getting a 13 year old girl to shoot nude only after reducing her to tears. Another random 13? Another random 13 year old. For this chicken magazine? For chicken, yeah. Oh, boy. So. Ugh. So, uh. Now Fred is like, what the fuck is going on here? And Fred is a guy that has known Malcolm for a very long time. So he starts putting some stuff together. And uh, this is this is really where I realized... I, I mean, Malcolm McLaren is a magnificent cunt. <laughs> okay? Okay. He is a magnificent cunt. But this thing that he was trying to pull off is one of the most insane things I've ever heard of in my life. Okay? This fucking guy is... Uh, I'm going I'm to leave it to Fred just to, to say basically what was going on. He's He basically believes McLaren's master scheme is to create a child porn scandal implicating as many people as he could, the people financing Chicken the Magazine, EMI Records, right? <laughs> but also the BBC is doing a documentary on the new group. This guy Alan Yentob is following them around. So he wants to bring the BBC down? EMI records, but he he just he he, well, he he doesn't give a fuck who's going down with him, like his friend Fred, who's editor of the magazine. So he he says Malcolm's point, he wants to make a serious political point that pop music is porn for children, right? And he's not wrong. And also Pop music is porn for adults. You got fresh face yeah. kids, yeah. a new batch girls. every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dressing in schoolgirl outfits and whipped cream on. So their his whole plan was to put out this magazine, and later on it came out there was covers of of like guys in the band that had like you know too small of a thong where their fucking nuts are hanging out, <laughs> and then also an eight year old kid on their shoulder. It's like <laughs> these photo shoots were going haywire. All right, hold on, hold on. Just uh, just the thong, great. We can see yeah. the nuts now. This is perfect. <laughs> but like, I mean, this hold on a second. There's not a dick in your cock. <laughs> Somebody fix that. So, Vermoral goes up to him and he's like, "Dude, you're. I know what you're doing. You're setting up this whole thing so that everybody looks like they're involved yeah. in. Oh, you know. And it was all your idea, but you're making it look like, oh no, look at them. They've got yeah. little girls naked. Yeah. And I'm gonna point. And so he goes to Malcolm McLaren, and Malcolm says. Fred, you should be telling all this to the judge. He's like, by the time this shit comes down, I'll be in South America. <laughs> Every man for himself. <laughs> like, oh my god, he didn't give a fuck. He didn't give a fuck about Annabella, any of these girls he was getting like to, yeah. you know, cry. Yeah, any of the people that were going to lose their jobs. The BBC immediately scraps the, the documentary. They lock it in a vault, never to be found again. Right. They never tapes never get shown. Can you fucking believe this? Oh, man. That's... So, like, this is his answer after the great rock and roll swindle. He's like, I'm going to do the pedophilic post-punk prank. Yeah. It's going to be, I'm going to show you how the whole music industry yeah. is porn. Right. I'm going to let the industry, I'm going to feed into what the industry inherently is so that it, it this bubble bursts in front of everybody. Right. But also, I'm going to fuck everyone in the process. Yeah. Who and cares? I'm going I mean, to have the artistic credit. Right. For doing it. Yes, it's not That's about all money. He wants. It's about sending a <laughs> it's message. It's so that. It is. Isn't that fucking insane? That's pretty brilliant. It's pretty, I mean, and he's not wrong. 
No, it's a good point, but you don't yeah. have to make thirteen-year-old girls cry. No, but aren't aren't dudes in the industry making thirteen-year-old girls girls cry all the time, anyways? Sure, sure. He's, he's doing it, you know. For so a this reason. <laughs> Fred is telling everybody at this point. He tells the BBC. He tells EMI. He tells the NME. He tells the music industry press. He's like, this guy's trying to fuck up everything. And uh, McLaren says he's being a Puritan. <laughs> Like, oh, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's nothing more of an insult than that. Uh, you know. Don't be such a prude. Take a picture <laughs> of this naked kid. Yeah. So, I mean, like, the stuff that came out later was like, you know, they had they had one shoot that had Annabelle looking like she was naked underneath the blanket, but they had her like lying on a mixing board with like a, uh-huh. a mi- microphone laid kind of suggestively no. near her mouth. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of got her good. God. And so he he specifically chose chicken because he knew it was pedophile slang. Oh yeah. Yeah, and and not not necessarily because he was into it, but but he knew that that was the lingo of the subculture yes. and that he could then point to it later. Yeah. As, See? Mhm. That's pretty brilliant. That's smart. It is. It's so fucked up, but like it's I really, just I And just really and just because he hated those people in the industry because they fucked him before. Well, it was almost just like there shouldn't be an issue. Like he was saying, like the whole the whole piracy music thing. He was like, music should always be free. Why, you know, right. this whole thing that we have a bunch of people in suits that decide what a pop star is and everything. Like, I mean, he had he had some points, but of course, his whole point was to do the exact opposite. Like Malcolm McLaren would always say, "Oh, the Pistols can't play. This isn't about music." But that's because it was the part he didn't do. The right. Sex Pistols were a great band. Right, they were a fantastic rock and roll band. You know. Like, it wouldn't have got off without the music. Uh-huh. Like, they were good, you know? But it was just because it was in his part of it. He was like, no, it's all about ideas and fashion and sending a message, you know? Right. So it was like, that was his whole part of it. So he just wanted to always say, like, oh, no, they're bad. Right. You know what I mean? But then he had this thing, this this opposite problem with Bow Wow Wow was, you know, the Sex Pistols didn't live on a chain. And Bow Wow Wow did. And he he would tell somebody, he'd be like... They don't know what to do. Like, they just don't know how to behave. And it was because, no, you finally got your puppets, and now you don't know what to do with them. With, whereas you used to have, every, the sex pistols were off the chain. They start cursing on TV, or they start, you know, fucking shit up. And you were just like, oh, good, these are my guys. They know what to do. They know how to go out and be maniacs. But then after that, you wanted, you know, to have everybody, you know, be your fucking lapdog. And they were doing whatever you said. Whether it was fucking a prostitute or a fucking, you know what I mean? Like. Right. He wanted his cake and eat it too. He wanted yeah. the best of both worlds. Yeah, so it was just like um it was uh he what he didn't see coming after this was that as as this stuff came out, also finally the Sex Pistols got the right to to everything. They got all the money they were owed and they also got the rights to the movie that was taken away from Malcolm. So the movie finally came out at this time and the movie Great Rock and Roll Swindle is all about himself positioning himself as this Svengali fucking you know, uh, maniac that that decided everything that was going to happen. Like he was this great puppeteer. Total bullshit. Total insanity. But everybody was just like, we don't want this. Like we, the only trend Malcolm McLaren didn't see coming was that people finally wanted authenticity, and they didn't want hype. They didn't want stunts. You know. Yeah. And so eventually, the band kind of realizes, like Bow Wow Wow realizes, oh, we've actually got good in the meantime, and this is the only guy holding us back. Like you know. Johnny Rotten called him an albatross later, and, you know, it was like he was an albatross. He was, they, you know, but once, once they, once they started getting, you know, any kind of success, that's finally when he lost interest. Malcolm wanted to move on. You know, he had a couple of singles came out, this one called Chihuahua. It was all Malcolm's lyrics, and it was like, it was just insulting. It was mean. It was like having her say words like, 
um, I can't dance, I can't sing, I can't do anything, I'm a rock and roll puppet, you know. It was just demeaning and uh-huh. cruel. Uh-huh. Well, uh, success is the one thing he never knew how to manage, because he never really right. had long term. Yeah, so, you know, they... they um, they they do you know I want candy which is just a uh, a, a recreation of a um, a sixties pop hit mm-hmm. and uh, that's kind of their their biggest thing. By then he's already pretty much checked out. He goes on to do some uh, he sees you know emerging rap as like that's the next thing that's oh. the next punk. So he comes over here and he he starts putting out singles that are I mean considered very influential like. Buffalo Gals says that thing that they Eminem says in Without Me, which is two Buffalo Gals go around the outside. Uh-huh. That's from Malcolm McLaren. Right. Because he was finally like, I'm done with artists. It's going to be me now. By the time he gets done with that record, he's already moved on to, I want to combine opera and electronic music. And we got Evanescence. So, I mean, this, is all like, <laughs> this is all like very art. Wake me up! <laughs> yeah. This is all very... Um, artistic stuff that would only really play in, in Europe. It didn't really chart so much here. But, you know, he, he went on and, you know, he would always do art stuff. He would stay in fashion stuff. And he ended up dying in 2010. And uh, he, uh, he, he had his coffin sprayed with the slogan, Too Fast to Live, Too Young to Die. Vivian Westwood was there. Paul Cook and Glenn Matlock from the Pistols were there. Uh, Bob Geldof was there. Adam Ant was there. And um, Bob Geldof was the, was he head of the record label? No, Bob Geldof... Um, Bob Geldof did... Um, he did Farm Aid. Yeah. There Live Aid? Live yeah. Aid. Live yeah, Aid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not yeah. Farm Aid. He did Live Aid. Um, he was buried to um, the tune of uh, Sid Vicious's version of My Way. Oh, that's cool. That was playing. And uh, his 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 uh, <laughs> his wife at the time, who he married, you know, late you know, 90s, early 2000s, she got control of the will, and his son was written out of it. The son he had with uh, Vivian Westwood was Joseph Corey, and uh, he... Founded Agent Provocateur, which was high-end lingerie. Ooh. And his wife absconded with one of the guys from The Clash, and then he sold Agent Provocateur for 60 mil. So it's not like he was hurting for money or anything, but, you know, his wife wrote the kid out of the will, you know? So it's like, to me, it's just like another thing where it's like, McLaren, get your shit together, pal. Yeah. You know? You weren't going to get buried to my way and have your coffin spray painted, but you can't make sure your son's in the will? Yeah. You fucking asshole? I've got three things I need when I die. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, it's just just lame. And um, he he had this headstone, which I think is is so emblematic of everything we talked about. Um, His last words are, are free Leonard Peltier. Which are like, what? <laughs> what the fuck do you care, you liar? That's a good last words, but yeah. that doesn't make any sense. He doesn't give a shit. No. And, uh, but his, his headstone had the slogan, better a spectacular failure than a benign success. And I think that's... Uh, do you think he would have been fine being a benign success? Because what, I mean, I think uh, I'm getting a sense from this story and, and forgetting his son in the wills, I mean, I feel like that's the, the, the fine, like a last chunk to it, last piece to it is like, he failed, but he was like, oh, I have to take, I have to be in control of these failures. So I will say, I stole it. Mm-hmm. We didn't fuck it up and get kicked off the right. record. I stole he, he it. He reframes them. the narrative. Yes. Right. Well, yeah. Um, I meant to do that. He did, he did reframe the narrative with all the sex pistol stuff. Um, but I would say that. His failure with Bow Wow Wow was entirely his own. And I do think it's spectacular. It's the main thing I wanted to talk about today. Right. Yeah. So that means something, I suppose. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Definitely. Well, I mean, I, you know, uh, B 
because of his previous failures, he was like, now I'm the failure guy. Maybe you know, and then yeah, I mean, he was he was positioning it as it was like it was victory. Yeah, you know, the great rock and roll was a swindle. Uh, you know, I'm a I'm a thief. I'm a pirate. You know, I'm all that shit. Right, right, and, and getting caught doing all this crazy kid porn stuff, it was not. Because he was really into it is because I'm trying to point the finger at you guys. Right, right. Yeah, you, you guys are the ones who are. Into you the, are the ones yeah. who are the, the pornographers. Kid. Exactly. <laughs> what a convenient way to turn it around on everybody. No, I don't have the chop. You have the chop. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm on my way to South America, bro. <laughs> Tell it to the judge. Tell it, tell to, it to, to the, the judge. judge. You should be telling this. To the, why are you telling? We tell me for you think I don't know what I'm doing. You think I don't know? This is the pedophilic post punk prank. I'm the architect of it, bro. You wanted me to do it. Yeah, you're friends with fucking Malcolm McLaren. Hello. Get some sense. That's so funny. Isn't that insane? So these. So we're gonna put some covers of Chicken Magazine on Instagram. <laughs> I would. I, I would love it if we could find some. I, I would say we probably can. I think you probably up. go on some dark web shit. <laughs> I don't. Well, it never. It never really came out. That like, was the thing. It was it was killed in in like the embryo or whatever. But uh, po- I mean, good, nice. Yeah. yeah. So, like, but we, yeah, some stuff seeped out. We should get some of our friends to pose. Yeah, uh, uh, oh, those re- Malaysian kids. Oh, those- <laughs> Some of those Malaysian. Yeah, we should bring back chicken mango to reenact yeah. those chicken satay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Fred. Fred. Fred said what? What I was being sold as a sex positive magazine for and by kids. It turned out was becoming totally child porn for adults. But that's like, you know what I mean? Like, he was selling it as like, oh, yeah, we're just saying like, I'm a kid. I want to fuck. Which is still like, what? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, these guys couldn't handle the words dirty sod on television. Yeah. And then you think they're just going to be like, I'm 13, but I get horny. So what? You know what I mean? Like, what? It's a, it's a, it's a making love gang on an airplane. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> that quote. is so... What the fuck? A children's club. For sex gang babies to make love. Yeah, this dude was into kids. I, yeah. don't, I don't know how, I mean... How, how into kids? No, no, I don't know how much I buy the, this was all part of my plan. Right. <laughs> oh, no, I do I do think that it was actually all planned. <sighs> I do. It's convenient. <laughs> yeah. Could, I mean, it, could it be both? Sure, mm-hmm. sure, yeah. Um, but I, I, yeah, I think so. I think, I think he knows enough about trends, right? And everything. I mean, I do think his critique of uh, porn pop, as pop and yeah, pop as I've porn, dead on, yeah. dead yeah. on, and it, especially that time and the the pedophilia rampant through. Oh, everywhere, entertainment, yeah, everywhere. yeah, and it's. I mean, still, still, sure, yeah. But back, you know, back then, Especially even the United States, covered up by the local cops, covered up by the local magistrate, covered up by yeah. just because they all have a piece in it, right? Yeah, tastes like chicken, dude. Dude, I mean, I it, it's such a it's such a small part of of Simon Reynolds' incredible book, but it was one where I was just like, what? Yeah, <laughs> huh? It's pretty crazy, especially the going to France and trying to make these movies. Like the idea that EMI and BBC almost got implicated in this thing as willing participants, right? But because he's baiting their greed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's baiting them about being like, you know, I was at the forefront of the last cultural phenomenon. Don't you do, want to? Be- don't you want to be there with me for the next one? Yeah, yeah. Don't want to miss out on this. Yeah, and everybody would go along with it, right? Fear of Ch- EMI was funding chicken. It was an EMI production. <laughs> Childborn mag. 
What, what did he want to call it first? Play Kids. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any uh, f- now, keep in mind his his own kid is Joseph Corey. He has his own chicken at home. Uh. <laughs> like, like, this is the guy that why go out for steak when you got chicken at home? This is the guy that knows better. You know what I mean? You don't want child porn to be a thing. You have a chicken. You know. You don't uh, want that to happen. This is a request to the listeners. The first listener that sends in a cover of Play Kids or Chicken Magazine with me and John and Matt on the cover doing some fucked up shit. We'll throw you, we'll throw you a shout out. Get a free Get month of Patreon. Free month of Patreon. Yeah, yeah. Instant producer. Instant of the show. producer of the show. If you Photoshop some Chicken and Play Kids magazine covers, <laughs> please, I implore you. Can you imagine? Yeah, this thing coming out, but so he's like, he goes to them before they even really is just like, what, what are you gonna call it? Oh, play kids, perfect. Oh, great! It's like play girl and play boy. <laughs> oh yeah, well kids play. I get it. Yeah, kids yeah, play. Sure. Right. These these aren't these aren't normal kids to play kids. Right. They yeah. love to play. <laughs> Wait, does it have anything to do with your failed French movie where all yeah. these kids fuck? Huh? Can you what? imagine? I mean, the other the other two guys writing this with them too. Like, there's so much. There's so much in that whole story that's just like, you know, like there would be these people, these these impresarios, these leaders that would be like, yes, this is the next thing. Don't you understand? Right. And a lot of people would go really far down the path before they're way, like, whoa, 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 wait a second. Yeah. But it's 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 amazing how funny, how much making fun of everybody it is. Yeah. So I, I do think he is a total cunt, uh, yes. without question. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But is it funny? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it's very, very funny. I, re- I do appreciate his <laughs> twisted sense of... Uh, it's very punk. It yeah. is, it is, yeah. And and just tricking the monster into eating its own tail. Yeah. You know, almost getting them to do it. You know, at, really the, at the end of Sid Vicious' run, he, he had become the, the cartoon punk that Malcolm always wanted to create, which was... A guy wearing swastikas for no reason, Spiky and I'm an idiot, and I'm a lout, and I'll throw I miss glass. him fucking teeth, and I'll yeah, kill my I'm, girlfriend. I'm just a total idiot, and uh, Sid, Sid didn't want to do uh, My Way when he was recording it, and um, he wanted to just do like Ramones type music, and- uh, he, Oh, he, shitty beer jingles. Right, he would, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, wanted, he wanted to move into piss, yeah. which was wise. Probably. I mean, right after, right after child porn, the next big thing- Piss. You know what? Rockets Red Glare, the, the, the famous junkie that probably killed Nancy Spungen, he was a big smackhead right from birth. Yeah. And at a certain point in his career, after Big and all the film hoopla died down, you know what he got into? Piss. <laughs> he started drinking beer instead of drugs and he got morbidly obese. Oh, God. Yeah. And he died of everything, Aaron. <laughs> oh, he God. died of everything. He had Whoa. cirrhosis, hepatitis. <laughs> Big guy shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the yeah. guy, he died. Like they're like, I don't know what he died yeah, from he, first. It was like Pablo Escobar. Yeah, piss over. He died. Him. Died of all the shit. Yeah. While getting hit by a truck. Yeah. But he never said. I, uh, by the way, I also killed Nancy Spongeon. So who knows? Who's to say? Who's to say? Um, but yeah. So while while Sid was 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 you know doing that shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's getting torn into from Malcolm because he doesn't want to record this song and. Uh, he, Malcolm's just telling him, you're a junkie, you're a piece of shit, you don't do anything. So he hands the phone to Nancy, Spongeon, and while he starts hauling ass to Malcolm's hotel, <laughs> and as Malcolm's still screaming at what's supposed to be Sid on the phone, 
Sid kicks in the door in swastika underwear and boots and starts beating the shit out of Malcolm McLaren. And Malcolm is naked and starts running out naked out of the hotel. Oh, my God. So at least he got beat up, is what I'm saying. Yeah. He's got his ass kicked yeah. in Doc Martens. I mean, he didn't learn anything. No. But he did get beat up. A nude man is being chased. <laughs> by Sid Vicious. In swastika boxers. And he sm- it smells like chicken. <laughs> Ah, uh, I think that's our show. Yeah. That was great. Do you, were you into that sort of thing? Absolutely. Oh, I love Puppet Master or wannabe Puppet Master stuff. Yeah. I love weird people who are into weird things. Yeah. Uh, very funny. I like failed... Um, Failed inappropriate artistic <laughs> enterprises. And Richard yeah. Branson. Richard Branson's the best. Richard Branson there the whole time. And that was the thing is that Richard Branson, since he was so on board with every every anything Malcolm would pitch, he was like, is this guy going to outswindle me? <laughs> and then he did. Like After, after they, they took away all the, the shit from Malcolm, Virgin kept putting out any alternate recordings. Yeah. And he took all the stuff as, this is a product. This is a cash in here's Sid Vicious Burgers and all like f- merchandising making fun of this is just products this is not like he took all of the Malcolm ideas and put them on record covers and sold tons of records from it tons of records huh. um, so he kind of did outswindle Malcolm in a way God bless him and yeah I mean I gotta give it up for Branson trying to be like but Devo what do you think this guy yeah. why not <laughs> try it out that would have been amazing you know that would have been really funny if they Made <laughs> a super group, yeah. Johnny Run and Devo, yeah. I think I think Johnny was probably more into Devo than he let on because of that meeting. Because Johnny is also an egomaniac, mm-hmm. and you know, I I was always like, oh, you know, I would always hear like Johnny Rotten side of it because Johnny wrote books and stuff like that, and I was like, oh, you know, Malcolm's an asshole, and Johnny was like, oh no, it was way more organic than Malcolm, you know, said with the pistols. But the truth is, is that it was both. Yeah, they were all hanging around this guy's shop they did take some of his ideas they did wear his clothes Malcolm got the group together like you can't say that Malcolm had nothing to do with it but Malcolm just wasn't the architect he was making himself out to be sure you know what I mean Um, great story John thank you that was great thank you Matt, Uh, Matt Great porn clip. Thank you. Yes, it took, was, I did a lot of digging. It could have used a little more uh, airplanes, islands, and children. But well, yeah, gold. that's not really my yeah. Yeah. right tribal drums. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, other than that, pretty good. Pretty cool, good thanks. stuff. Um, maybe we'll we'll uh, take a break and then we'll record some Patreon content. Okay, sure. Is that cool with you guys? Great. Uh, everybody, my name is John Fahey. I love you. I'm Aaron Pita, and I pretty I, I'm not ready to say that, but right. you know how I feel. Yeah, I'm Matt Bruce. I think you're all great. All right, bye everybody. 